Welcome to Machine Learning. I want to ask you the question, why do, do most large corporations have weak debt servicing cap capacity? One of the primary reasons why most large corporations have weak debt servicing capacity is not enough cash flow in. Cash flow is required to pay current debt obligations. So we're at the point where the junk bond market is about to uh, reveal itself as a crisis. Every 12 years, it falls into this default cycle because it can't keep up with the debt servicing. And once it has that companies hit there, about 10, 10 to 12% uh, default on their debt, and that causes a, a correction in the junk bond market. The junk bond market's very... Uh, heavily invested by pension funds, mutual funds, um, and certain institutional entities invest into junk bonds. It, it's become a source for fixed income, and the big one will be pensions. And you not only have local dom domestic pensions, but you have foreign domestic, foreign pensions that are invested in the junk bond market, like Japan. Okay, the interest income has declined because of the fact that the weighted average loan term has increased significantly over the last decade. The weighted average loan term is the average time that it takes for every dollar of principal to be repaid, weighed by the size of the principal payout. So the way I interpret that to mean is because you have a, a decrease in cash flow, you're increasing the term or the length of the loan and it's taking longer because the interest is accumulating. It's taking longer and longer to pay off that loan. So you're exposed to that loan uh, repayment for a longer period of time. And the longer you're exposed to that debt, the less growth you have and less income that you're, you're going to experience. So basically what I'm saying is the debt kills growth. The loan term uh, length has increased. This is primarily because the interest rates have declined consistently over the last decade. Uh, and so they, they lengthen out their terms, they reduce the principal payment, but that allows them to accumulate more money uh, in interest payment, and especially if there is deferment. If deferment occurs, then what happens is the interest continues to accumulate either in some period of time, monthly, yearly, or even weekly, or biweekly. And if that uh, debt becomes to increase, that is piled over the on top of the principal payment. So you take the principal payment plus the debt of the, the interest payment, and that tells you how much you're going to pay for that loan total. And, and that accumulative uh, debt accumulation is going to be burdensome. So debt kills growth because of interest accumulation. Less cash flow means longer periods of time to be exposed to the debt, longer debt terms in increase the probability of default on that debt. So anytime you have debt for a large amount of debt for a long period of time, you run the risk of default. Uh, it just basically because it, the debt becomes the, and the interest become too much of a burden and you're at too much of a risk and you don't get that debt paid off fast enough. So the next cycle of debt increase uh, or debt servicing hits you as a company and you accumulate more debt and pretty soon you're 
your payments for debt exceed your income and at that point it's called bankruptcy and you have to default. So the declining interest income has also been due to the fact that the credit quality of the portfolio has declined over the last decade. And what that means is that they're loaning money to higher risk uh, groups with higher amounts of existing debt and uh, less assets. So the, the debt to asset ratios are high and uh, that's increasing the probability of a default. This is primarily because there has been significant increase in the number of borrowers who have high probability of default. And that's the conclusion. The interest income has declined because there is a significant amount of non-performing assets related to income that's being recognized by most large corporate banks. This is primarily because there has been a significant amount of non-performing assets related to income that has been recognized. And why is that happening? Well, when we had such low interest rates, uh, banks were very competitive with each other and they were willing to loan money out even though the, the uh, risks were higher. So in the case when you look at risk management, sometimes you, if, let's say you had a 10, uh, 5 to percent default, but if you look at the overall amount of money that you could earn, uh, was greater than the money that you would lose through the default by taking the risk, then you would take the larger risk so you could capitalize on the money. And so that's what the risk management uh, sometimes does. They know what the probabilities are for, uh, for risk loss, and, but they also look at the potential for gain. And if the potential for gain significantly uh, accelerates past the risk loss, they act on that. And that's exactly what's happened. The, uh, even though there's a large number of non-performing assets, uh, they were capitalizing on the gains and taking those profits. The overall cost of funds for most large corporations have increased significantly over the last decade or because of the fact that there has been a significant amount of competition among banks to increase the amount of borrowings that they have from the primary market. So just as I had stated, the overall cost of funds for most large corporations has increased significantly over the last decade or there's been a significant amount of competition among the banks. Debt is uh, tough to escape because the amount that you must repay is more than the amount you borrow. This is due to interest and fees, which the lender charges you for use of the money, is also referred to as finance charges. Some lenders charge additional fees besides interest for the privilege of borrowing money. Generally, these additional fees are a percentage of the loan amount that is deducted from the amount you receive, and they are charged immediately upon your receipt of the loan proceeds. Um, yeah, you know, there's, when you look at money and you, for example, a, a good, a good case example would be like a rental. So you, you take a rental, um, apartment and then you're late, you have to pay your existing, uh, rental fee plus a penalty for being late. And that penalty may be almost as much as your uh, as your what your your rental fee was, and so that is one way uh, fees and charges are one way that banks make their money, and it's significant because they know the probability that you will be late, and so they account for that in their fees and charges, and they set that price uh, 
so that they can make a profit off of your misfortune. So there are charges to be aware of, including late charges, loan processing fees, deferment, and forbearance fees. I'll tell you, if you ever have to take deferment, uh, plan on having to extend the life of that loan or uh, uh, pay much higher loan, loan repayment uh, payments to get out of the cost of that deferment. And, and deferment really affects student loans because they, sometimes students will take a deferment and not pay, and then when they do pay, they'll pay on that loan for a longer period of time. Now, corporations can run into the same thing where they've got a lot of liability on their books and uh, they are not keeping on top of the loan payments and they can run into debt problems as they try to service more and more debt to keep afloat. During the lifetime of the loan, the bank may require financial reports to measure the performance of your company. So they know that debt's uh, burdensome on the company and they want to make sure that your company uh, is performing well to give you additional debt servicing. So, you know, let's say you have X amount of dollars on liability on your books for loans and then they're looking at your cash flow and they're looking at uh, uh, purchase orders pending and uh, potentials for uh, income and they're measuring all that together to 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 uh, determine whether or not to service additional debt based on risk at 20 trillion at 28 trillion dollars the US government does not collect enough to in taxes to directly pay for its spending with cash on hand. So it must take on debt and sell bonds. Uh, that's a, a concern. You know, once you pass the point of not being able to pay for your your debt uh, and you're, you're, you're selling more are requiring more debt to pay the payments on debt, then you're in a losing game. So you're in the down game. Typical buyers of bonds are institutional investors like pension funds, foreign countries with sovereign wealth funds, or financial institutes serving national uh, foreign nationals. And individuals usually include mutual funds and 401k accounts. If the government defaults or becomes close to defaulting, credit rating agencies would likely downgrade the ratings of the treasury bonds. Never happened, but it's possible. In 2011, the mere threat of default prompted the credit rating agency Standards & Poor to downgrade the U.S. from a AAA rating to an AA+, first time in 70 years. Uh, we're starting to see some cracking in the bond market. Default would mean the, the cost of borrowing for the U.S. government would increase, perhaps dramatically. And when it is more expensive for the government to borrow, it will become more expensive for individuals to borrow. For every 1% decrease in GDP, there's roughly a 0.3 increase in unemployment rate, according to the economic concept known as Oaken's Law. So basically, um, if it drops 
for 1%. That's 3 million people to lose jobs. A recent report from Moody's has even more calamitous prediction forecasting that just a short-term debt default could lead to a 27% drop in the stock market. No doubt that the, the stock market's a bubble, the real estate market's a bubble, and uh, and even the bond market's a bubble. So you run the risk of all three uh, imploding at the same time. China has $1.05 trillion in U.S. treasuries. Japan has $1.3 trillion in treasuries. Okay, so there's a lot. And if if those countries begin to reverse back and sell off dollars, dollar devaluation occurs and the world falls into economic depression.